A players accept responsibility for the outcomes they create, and they want to know how to do things better if they're not getting the outcomes that they're responsible for. You work hard in your business. On the Profit by Design podcast, we ask the big question. What has your business done for you lately? Hi, I'm Dr. Sabrina Starling. I'm the business psychologist, the author of the four-week vacation and the How to Hire the Best series, as well as the founder of Tap the Potential, where we coach entrepreneurs like you to design sustainably profitable businesses that give you more time for what matters most and more money in your bank account than ever. Because after all, we believe work supports life, not the other way around. Weekly on the Profit by Design podcast, we bring you tips, tools, and strategies from our own experiences and from the experiences of our guests who are entrepreneurial thought leaders and real life entrepreneurs, all to support you in making intentionally profitable and sustainable business decisions to live the lifestyle you desire. Are you the bottleneck in your business? If you're the bottleneck in your business, one of the signs that you're the bottleneck is that nothing gets accomplished until you move something forward and you look around the business and you see all kinds of things piling up and likely this causes you a lot of frustration. I want you to know that you don't have to be the bottleneck in your business and there is a way to communicate and build the culture in your business so that you have team members who take responsibilities off your plate. And not only do they take responsibilities off your plate, they take responsibility for decision making and problem solving in relation to those responsibilities they're taking off your plate. That's right. I'm talking to you about creating a coaching culture in your business. And it may be really hard for you to imagine that if you are the one who is the chief problem solver currently in the business. And I want you just to hold the beliefs that it is entirely possible. And as you do this, I want to invite you to shift your question and think about what is possible. What is possible for you when you have a coaching culture in your business? At Tap the Potential, we are all about supporting business owners like you to design a sustainably profitable business that gives you more time for what matters most and more money in your bank account than ever. One of the key things that you can be doing to have that business that doesn't eat up all your time and that really supports you in living a good life as the business owner is to create a coaching culture. A coaching culture in your business has multiple benefits. So one of the biggest benefits to a coaching culture is how it impacts you, the entrepreneur, and your quality of life. In my research with over 225 entrepreneurs, one of the findings is that almost nine out of 10 of us 
feel like the business is overly dependent on us. When we have this business that's overly dependent on us, there's tremendous mental load that we're carrying around. And that mental load is there all the time. It's not just when we're physically present at work. But you know, if you're laying awake at night thinking about the business, or you wake up in the morning and you're thinking about the business, and you go home in the evening and you're thinking about the business, that's the mental load. And that's when that comes from having these businesses that are overly dependent on us. So one of the biggest benefits of creating a coaching culture in your small business is that the mental load starts to come off of you. So there's two factors that go into creating a coaching culture. One is having a results-oriented workplace where every team member has a clear result that they're responsible for. And so in my book, How to Hire the Best, I teach you how to hire based on a clear understanding of the result that the person in the role is responsible for, which is a beautiful setup to help you move into creating a coaching culture. The other requirement to create a coaching culture is that you have have A players on your team who are coachable. So then this is where it's really important to a kind of honest self check in and identify who on your team are really those A players. So A players are intrinsically motivated. They want to solve problems. They have ideas. They bring them forward. They take responsibility. They're go-getters. They are not stopping when they encounter a problem and throwing up their hands and saying, I'm waiting for someone to come tell me what to do. They actively try to solve problems. The other quality of A players that ties right into this is coachability. So A players accept responsibility for the outcomes they create, and they want to know how to do things better if they're not getting the outcomes that they're responsible for. So when someone is putting a lot of blame on others or circumstances and just saying, I don't know why I got the results that I got, it just happened, they're not coachable. So you want to build your team of A players who are coachable because that makes it so much easier to create a coaching culture. Because at that point, once you have these A players on your team, at that point, you're teaching them skills to for how they communicate and how they think in a coach-like way. And you're learning skills for communicating and thinking in a coach-like way. So you want to have a results-oriented work environment and you want to have A players. If you are struggling to hire A players, if you're struggling to hire at all, but especially if you're struggling to hire A players, I recommend you check out my book, How to Hire the Best. It's available on Amazon. Another benefit of having a coaching culture is what it does to your profitability. So on the Profit by Design podcast, we are all about supporting you and designing sustainably profitable businesses. So you know that payroll is your biggest expense in the business if you're not doing anything to develop your team. It really is an expense. Your payroll can be your biggest investment in your business if you are proactively developing your team. So when you are proactively developing your team, you're building a culture in the company. According to a Harvard study with over 200 companies, a strong culture increases net income by 765% over the course of 10 years. So let that sink in for you. The impact on your profitability 
when you have a strong culture is significant. So when you're investing in your team and when you're investing in developing the culture, this is one of the biggest, most powerful investments that you can make in your business for multiple reasons. Number one, your own mental well-being as the entrepreneur. But the other interesting finding that is in our research with over 225 entrepreneurs is that one of the pillars to having a high quality of life as an entrepreneur is to be investing in team development, investing time, investing resources, investing in training. When you are developing your team, you're growing leaders in your company. You're growing people who want to take responsibility, who want bigger and better challenges. And when you're creating a coaching culture as part of this team development, what's happening is you're allowing people to make mistakes and expressing that these are a part of a learning opportunity. Mistakes are learning opportunities. So when you have a coaching culture, people will speak up about mistakes. And especially when you couple that with a principle that when mistakes happen, we look first to our systems and how we can improve our systems to prevent mistakes like that in the future before we start blaming and finger pointing. So when we start blaming and finger pointing and judging, we undermine our team's problem solving and creativity. But most importantly, we undermine our team members' willingness to speak up about problems. So big part of a coaching culture is making it okay to talk about problems and mistakes and having this mindset that we're all going to come together and we're going to be curious about what led to the problem, what were the breakdowns in the systems, what can be strengthened and what can be improved and doing that without blame, without judgment. And there's, it's a charged neutral conversation versus an emotionally charged conversation where someone ends up feeling defensive and shutting down. So when you're in a coaching culture, there is a You're fostering creativity and problem solving, and people feel safe and supported because of this. And that's when the best problem solving comes forward. So, you know, there's so many ways that a coaching culture has a positive impact on your profitability. One of the big ways is your retention and your retention of A players. A players are much more likely to stay at a business where they feel safe and supported, where their ideas are valued and respected, where they have the opportunity to demonstrate that they are competent and they have the opportunity to continue learning and challenging themselves. All of that is part of a coaching culture, which has a positive impact on your profitability and your own well-being. But the other positive impact comes from the team and how they feel while they're working in your business and the impact on the clients and customers of the business. When your clients and customers encounter team members who are curious, who have a strong desire to help, and who avoid getting defensive or judgmental, your clients and customers are going to have a much better interaction with your company. So there's so many ways that this coaching culture positively impacts your business. So imagine having a coaching culture and what that feels like. So I want you to imagine that you have team members who take initiative, 
who think on their own, who engage in creative problem solving. They make decisions and they take action in alignment with your immutable laws. And they're thinking about serving the highest interest of your top clients and the strategic objectives of the business. That's what it means to have a coaching culture. And imagine your team members at all levels engaging in open, honest, supportive communication with one another. Imagine your team members routinely giving that supportive and critical feedback to one another, not to tear someone down or to make them feel bad, but doing it in a way to elevate the other person and partner with them and be a part of the other person's growth. That's what coaching is. It's really about partnering together. We have a problem in front of us or we have a challenge in front of us and let's work together to figure out how to overcome this particular problem or challenge. That's a very different type of communication that happens in most businesses and organizations. Another aspect of having a coaching culture is the team working in harmony to achieve goals together. So a lot of times in businesses, employees feel like they are in silos and there's not a collaboration. There are not overall arching goals that everyone is working towards. Or if there are those goals, the team members aren't aware of them and they're not aware of how what they're doing is making an active contribution toward those goals. So in a coaching culture, there's an experience of we're all working together. We know what our goals are. We know what our specific responsibilities are with respect to achieving these goals. So let's define what coaching is. Coaching is an action and learning process that assists individuals in narrowing the gap between where they are now and where they want to be. So let's break that down a little bit action and learning process. So we have to, in order to be coachable, we have to be taking actions and then we have to be reflecting on our actions in conversation with our coach. And we're learning through that reflection. And it also assumes that we have a gap between where we are now and where we want to be. Those of us who are continually growing our businesses and seeking to improve our businesses, we know we have gaps in our businesses. We know, hey, I'm here now and I want to be over here and there's a gap. So I need to bridge that gap. And that's where a lot of us business owners get coaching because we want to bridge those gaps. Well, we can do the same with the members on our teams and help them identify, here's where you are now, and here's where you want to be. Let's bridge the gap. And that's why it's so important to have clear performance expectations for each role, because if you don't have clear results that someone's responsible for, it makes them very hard to coach because you don't even know what the gaps are. And you want to engage the other person in thinking through, let's figure out how you're going to bridge this gap. So coaching is a partnership. It's a coming alongside and you're becoming a thinking partner with the person that you're coaching. That's very different from training or mentoring. When you're training, you're teaching someone how to do something and there's a skill deficit. So a lot of times you have to train first on your teams before you can coach. 
And if you're trying to coach and someone is lacking skills or they don't know how to do something, it's going to become a very frustrating experience because you're going to be asking them questions about what can you do to, to resolve this? What have you tried so far? And they just don't have the skills. So if you're encountering that, you need to step back and train the skills. And once someone has acquired the skills, then you move into having these coaching conversations. Mentoring is advising someone based on your own experience. And the person who's coming to you for mentoring understands that you've had a very specific experience and they want to learn from your experience. So coaching is about supporting someone in their own growth and development and having their own experiences. You're not advising them. Coaching is not advice giving. You'll see more advice giving in a mentoring relationship and that advice is given based on the mentor's experiences. And in fact, when you're trying to coach and you slip into advice giving or you disguise suggestions as questions like, oh, I have you thought about trying this or that? Those are what we call quagestions, and that's actually advice giving. And what's interesting about advice giving is that it's our human nature to push back against advice and to say, no, that won't work because, or I've already tried that and didn't work. And that shuts down the creative problem solving that's going on. So I really encourage you when you're trying to coach that you avoid those types of quagestions and focus on asking those open-ended questions, like the question that I began this podcast episode with. What's possible for you when you have a coaching culture in your business, right? That gets your ideas in your brain. You start thinking about things versus if I said to you, you know, have you tried coaching? You might say, well, yes, I've tried coaching and I didn't have a great experience with it. It doesn't work. I'm not sure what to do. Or, you know, it, it just feels like our conversations don't go anywhere. And my team members are not moving forward from the conversations we're having. So you go into all the things that you've tried that didn't work, which shuts down the possibilities and the creativity and what the what's possible conversation. So coaching always comes from that perspective of let's be curious and let's see what's possible here. When you are coaching, there are some assumptions that you hold. One assumption is that the other person is whole, capable, competent, and complete. Let that sink in a minute. The other person that you're coaching is whole, capable, competent, and complete. Right. So that means you don't have to solve problems for them. They're capable of generating their own ideas and coming up with solutions. And the beauty of coaching is that when someone generates their own ideas and possible solutions, they own those steps forward and they're much more likely to carry them out versus if you suggest to them that they go try this or that, they're less likely to take action on that. And so when you're creating a coaching culture in your business, this is why it's so important that you're hiring A players for your team, because if you've hired people who are not capable, competent, whole individuals, then they're not ready to be in a coaching culture. And it's going to be a very frustrating experience for you. You're going to continually feel like you're pulled into fixing things and 
doing all the problem solving and, and staying in that place where you're the bottleneck in the business. So hiring those A players, when you have A players on your team, you can assume they are whole, competent, capable, and complete, and you can partner with them to solve the problems and challenges that are coming up. So let's break down the elements of a coaching culture. A coaching culture is about delivering results, continually striving to improve performance, holding accountability for actions and decisions, and then tapping into one another's potential to achieve extraordinary outcomes. So you've heard me talk a lot about the importance of having team members in roles that align with their strengths. This is really the groundwork for creating that coaching culture where if someone has the strength needed to do the job, to deliver the result exceptionally well day in and day out, there's a lot of potential that can be tapped into to deliver extraordinary outcomes. And that creates the opportunity for really good coaching to happen. So when does coaching happen in a coaching culture? Well, coaching happens all the time in a coaching culture. When you're in a meeting and there's a challenge in front of the group or some of a problem has come up with a client, team members who've learned how to coach will go immediately into asking powerful questions and seeking to understand the situation. And through the powerful questioning, ideas and solutions will come forward. This is very different than being in a team meeting where a problem is brought up and one or two people jump in with, here's how I think we need to solve this. And then a solution is picked and you move forward with it. It may or may not work. So there's a much more thoughtful, collaborative approach to problem solving on a team when there's coaching going on. Coaching also happens at specific times. You want to have one-to-one meetings, ideally on a weekly basis, with the team members. So each team member should have a one-to-one with someone to whom they directly report, and that should be happening on a weekly basis. Those can be very short meetings. They don't have to be long. And those are meetings about, you know, let's check in, share the results that you got last week, What's working well? What do you want to be intentional to do more of? And where are you struggling? What support do you need from me? Those are all critical elements of a coaching conversation. And the team member is leaving each of those meetings with clear action steps that they will be accountable for over the course of the next week. And then you have the following week's meeting, the one-to-one, and they're bringing to you what they accomplished. And so that's this ongoing process focused around performance improvement and really tapping into strengths and resources to continually improve performance. So the beauty of this is that your team members are getting ongoing, continuous performance feedback. This is much more powerful and effective than doing quarterly or every six months doing a performance review or even an annual performance review where you're having to review someone's performance over the course of a long period of time. When team members are getting in the moment feedback on their performance and course correction is happening from week to week, you will see much greater performance improvements than if you're waiting for a quarterly or an annual or semi-annual performance review. 
And let's face it, having been on teams before where I've had performance reviews and someone's looking at my performance over the whole year and they're giving me some feedback on something that happened six months ago, I'm left with the feeling of, well, I wish you would have told me that six months ago because six months have gone by now and there's not much I can do to fix what happened six months ago. So when you're having these regular one-to-ones and you're coaching, that feedback is happening continually and it feels so much easier for the team member to improve their performance and course correct than it does when the feedback comes much, many months later. So when you are the leader in the company and you are trying to start a coaching culture, there is a very important mindset that you want to hold and you want to start with curiosity and believe in the other person's highest potential. Again, you believe that they are whole, competent, capable, and complete. You stand for their success. You are there to support them in being successful. They are not on their own. You're standing for their success, and you are holding the belief that they are capable. And there's some real interesting research on human potential that shows that We go farther because someone else believes we're capable of more than we recognize for ourselves. But that stretch, and that's really what we call a stretch, where we're stretching and growing, that stretch has to be believable. If it's so far-fetched that we can't envision that as a possibility for ourselves, then we'll shut down and we will just say, that's not possible for me. I think that's outrageous. And we won't stretch and grow. So you want to find that sweet spot of the stretch where your team member is stretching and growing and you're saying, I think you can do more. I think you're capable of this. I believe you're capable of this. So an example of this is if your team members are in the habit of coming to you to solve problems because they feel like they need to get your approval, you might let them know you're going to start asking them for their ideas and what they've tried so far. So you want to create that expectation of three before me. Try three ways to solve this problem before you bring it to me or come to me with three ideas for how you might solve this problem. And you want to, when they come to you, instead of just jumping in and telling them what to do, because that's probably going to be your natural tendency if you've not had a coaching experience yourself, you're going to want to just jump in and solve it. And so once you create that expectation of three before me, then when your team member comes to you with a problem, say, well, what ideas do you have? Or what have you tried so far? And then you want to put the imaginary duct tape over your mouth and be quiet and see what ideas they come up with. And if they only come up with one or two ideas, say, well, what else? What else is possible? And allow them the space to think. That's the beauty of a coaching conversation is there's actually space to think. In our hustle and bustle in our businesses, sometimes we just want to solve a problem and move forward and go on to the next thing. And this is really a process of you, the leader, learning how to slow down and reflect before acting. And the amazing thing is that slowing things down actually speeds things up because we make better decisions and we come up with better solutions when we slow down and take the time to think. We also come up with better solutions when we seek input from others. So when your team members come to you and they want you to solve the problem, 
the solution is going to be better with their input, with their ideas. And especially because they're on the front line, they're dealing with the situation. So they're always going to have a better perspective on it. And you're there just to hold that bigger picture overview of what's going on in the business and how does that particular situation tie in to the bigger picture and possibly shine light on opportunities and possibilities that they hadn't considered. And at the same time, ultimately, you want them to own responsibility for solving that particular problem. So we teach people how to treat us. And that's really important to remember when you start working on creating a coaching culture, because you're changing a habit, you're changing habitual ways that you've taught your team to interact with you. You've taught your team that you're the chief problem solver. And now they're having to learn that you want them to be responsible for solving problems and coming up with ideas and solutions. So expect that this is going to be awkward. Expect that it's there's going to be times where you're tempted to just jump in and say, go do this. This is how you handle that. And Hold back on doing that because your bigger picture that you're working towards is a culture where your team members can solve problems. And when you have that going on in your business, you are able to be away from the business. You can take vacations. You can unplug in the evenings because you can trust that things will get handled and it's not dependent upon you. So that's the greater picture here of what we're working towards. And just like you're learning something new, it's going to be clunky. It's going to be awkward. It really helps you to have that support as you're learning these new skills yourself. And so one of the things I want to share with you is if you're interested in creating a coaching culture in your business, we have the coach approach course coming up here very quickly. And I would love to invite you in to the course and allow me to teach you the coaching skills. So there's a lot of teaching that goes in this course. And you get to practice your coaching skills with your team And in our Q&A sessions, you get to come back and share with me how things went and what support do you need to keep this moving forward for yourself. Our Coach Approach course is one of our more popular courses at Tap the Potential. We have business owners and team members who go through it together. And I actually recommend that if you have an A player on your team, you assign up for yourself and at least one other A player on your team. Because it's kind of like you have someone on your team who's colluding with you to create a coaching culture. It's much easier to do it when you have a fellow team member or multiple team members signed up with you. And so you're all learning these skills together, you're practicing them together, and the rest of the team, you'll notice that the rest of the team comes along and gets into the rhythm of the coaching culture and problem solving and asking these powerful questions. It happens much more quickly when you have multiple team members who are having conversations with one another in that way. You can register for the course at tapthepotential.com forward slash coach hyphen approach. Again, it's tapthepotential.com forward slash coach hyphen approach. So be sure you get that little hyphen in between coach and approach and that will get you to the correct URL. 
So just to give you an overview of what we're going to cover in the nine weeks together as we go through the Coach Approach course, we'll be talking about what is coaching, who's coachable, when you should coach, and when you should do something else. How do you manage your hooks? You know, those things that get you on the hook where you become emotionally reactive. You cannot coach when you are upset or frustrated or tense about something. So I teach you how to manage your hooks. We talk a lot about how to manage judgmental thinking because that's the biggest roadblock to effective coaching. We learn how to create accountability and hold accountability and really build that high performance culture. And all the while you're learning how to really engage and leverage the strengths of your team members. And you're learning the coaching conversation model, which is a very simple model to that you can just hold in mind as you go into your one-to-ones or even in just general coaching conversations that happen on a day-to-day basis. And we will also talk about coaching when the stakes are high. So by that, I mean how to integrate coaching skills into crucial conversations where there's a lot of emotional intensity or emotional charge. Somebody's really upset or angry. We'll be talking about how to do that. We'll also be talking about how to coach at all levels in the organization. So your team members can coach their peers. Team members can coach up. So when they have feedback to give you the leader, your team members learn how to do that in a way that is helpful to you and that you'll be able to hear, which just is going to make you a better leader. And so in this course, there's a lot of teaching, but there's also a lot of opportunity for practicing your new skills. And that's, you know, if you've ever learned anything new, you need those opportunities to practice and get feedback. And so you have plenty of opportunities to practice and come back into our Q&A sessions with me. And I'm going to give you feedback and really support you so that by the time you leave the course, you feel very solid in your ability to coach and to hold that space for your team members to do their own problem solving and idea generation. And if you struggle to hold your team members accountable, you really want to be in the coach approach course because that's the accountability conversations are woven into every single coaching conversation you have. So if you have a culture currently where people aren't accountable, they're getting away with things and a lot of things are sliding, you could really benefit from learning the coaching conversation model and how to weave it into every single meeting that you have so that action steps happen from week to week and things move forward and your business continues to get better and better. So one final bonus that I want to share about the Coach Approach course is you register for it once and you can repeat the course as many times as you want. And so it's a a tremendous opportunity on a yearly basis or every six months even to come back in the course and get a refresher on coaching skills. And we actually, I encourage you to do that because your coaching skills and your team's coaching skills will get better and better as you do that. So again, if you want to register and join us, I'd love to have you. I'd love to support you in this way. Go over to tapthepotential.com forward slash coach hyphen approach. The registration deadline is Friday, September 2nd. So be sure you don't miss it. Thank you for spending time with us today. Join our conversation in the Entrepreneurs Take Your Life Back 
Facebook community at tapthepotential.com forward slash group. Share your aha moments from today's episode, ask me questions, and join in on the fun with your fellow entrepreneurs on the journey to designing sustainably profitable businesses that give you more time for what matters most and more money in your bank account than ever. And finally, share today's episode with a friend if you know a friend who would enjoy it. This is real life business. Keep your chin up, keep moving forward. You got this. If you've gotten value from today's show, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you are a repeat listener of the podcast, know that we greatly appreciate you at Tap the Potential. And to that end, I have a request. Please consider leaving us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Our reviews help other entrepreneurs like you to find us. Be a part of our movement to help entrepreneurs take your life back from your business.